Yes, ma'am. Good evening. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to She Said What. I'm your host, Alan Newman Jr. I'm looking forward to today's show. I have the lovely Miss Ree. How are you doing today, ma'am? I am good, Alan. Awesome, awesome. It's a pleasure to have you here. Um, but before we go into the meat and potatoes of today's show, I just want to remind everybody that She Said What is a platform for Black women and Latino women to come on here to talk about Black and Latino issues that we can do better in the community um, as well as worldwide. So before we get into that, let's get started. Welcome, welcome back. Happy Wednesday. It is, of course, holiday Wednesday. We are almost done and almost getting ready for the weekend. So once again, I have my lovely, lovely, lovely guest today, Miss Ree. How are you doing, ma'am? I'm doing good, Alan. Good. It's a Wednesday. Yes, ma'am. Happy Wednesday to you as well. How's your week been so far? Well, it's coming along. Can't wait till Friday. I feel you. I feel you. Can't wait till the weekend to be able to kick your feet up and relax a little bit for those who will be able to this week. So I'm definitely looking forward to that as well. Um, I want to jump right into it. Like I said before the start of the show, super excited to have you. For those who have been <laughs> listening to She Said What, Miss um, Ree was one of our first guests um, when we first started <laughs> last year. Um, when you weren't able to see her lovely face, but this year you're able to see her lovely smiling face today. Um, as she gets ready to kind of divert some knowledge with the topics that we're talking about today. Um, and we're going to kick it off with our first order of business, which are what are some issues um, in the Black community that we are either failing to address or intentionally ignoring. Um, and from your experience, Ms. Bree, um, what are some issues that you think we are not either giving the attention it needs or we're just not trying to deal with it at all. So is there anything that you've seen in the community that we are refusing to kind of work on? Uh, there's a there's a lot of issues. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> like, <laughs> whoa. So, mm-hmm. um, like, uh, like a question of like raising the children, you know, is it still a village? You know, the upbringing and stuff like that. I don't think so. Okay. Okay. So you feel like we don't really have that village mentality anymore when it comes to the black community and raising children? No, no, no. Okay. As soon as, so, yeah, go ahead. No, no, I was going to ask, I was going to ask you, Mr. Lee, what, 
why do you think that is? Why do you think that um, the black community doesn't have the village mindset um, when it comes to raising children? Do you think it's just a generational difference or do you think it's a it's a bigger issue that people just aren't putting in the kind of time and effort to help each other's children develop? Uh, I would say it's like a um, it's not like like when um, I was growing up, you know, these days, you know, if you if you did something when I was growing up, you know, everybody on the block, if you see Miss Mary and she saw you doing something and she told your mama. That was it. Mm -hmm. Or she could bring you home or she could even chastise you in the street. You know, you knew better. Mm -hmm. You had people looking out like that. But these days mm -hmm. you say something to somebody, child, they ready to, you know, just jump on you yeah. and stuff like that. And so, you know, mm -hmm. it's it's not really a village because you hesitant to even say something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is, is there any steps you think we can take to kind of bring it back to that mindset or do you think that's something that we probably would never be able to get to um because i do know like you said nowadays it's one of those if you talk to somebody's kid there's a good chance the parent is probably going to react negatively as well as the child um so i wonder do you think we can resolve that or is this just something that we probably would never be able to get get back to i, I think we probably could if you get back to the home base, mm -hmm. because if you because if you're, you know, these days, everybody's working, you know, what I mean, and, you know, the child is left at home, you know, to, you know, because they have to because, you know, maybe single, you know, single family It's not and it doesn't even really have to be single family. It's just everybody's mm -hmm. working busy, you know, trying to keep up with stuff and so you know if it comes to like um if it was that like sit down and let's discuss this but it's like mm -hmm. people are just so busy going here going there and doing this and doing that so it mm -hmm. doesn't really you know get that type of conversations that you would have you know mm -hmm. as supposed you know like okay if you if you're talking to your child and you're like Hey, you know, blah, blah, blah. We don't do this and we don't do that. Blah, 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 blah. And they think that, you know, if they go outside the household and they do it and Miss Mary say something to you, you know what I mean? You listen to Miss Mary because you have respect for Miss Mary. But a lot of these kids don't have respect for adults when they get on the other side of that door. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Very, very, very true. Now, do you think that's ultimately started from the way the parents do it? Because I know... Um, growing up, it was one of those, if your mom or your dad was like, you, what I'm telling you, such and such has the right to, what my words are saying, such and such has the same right to tell you as I do of what you should or should not be doing. Do you think nowadays, though, parents aren't really teaching their kids to respect outside authority as much as you're supposed to respect your parents inside the house? Yeah. I think that that has like a lot to do with because if you, it, I mean, it's not to say that people bring they raise their kids to not uh, to disrespect elders, but you have to make that a point. It doesn't matter if that's your elder, then that's respect. Whether you feel the person is wrong or not, I mean, that's how we grew up. That if they that person is older than you, respect. 
You know what I mean? These days, it doesn't even matter. You know what I'm saying? Even if the child know they wrong, could know they wrong, but you know, it, it goes right back to the household. Because if you got a parent where every time the kid come home and that parent mm-hmm. thinking that the kid is right, you know, and you go up, you know, like say they come home from school and something gonna happen in school. And your mind mm-hmm. in the in the parents' mindset is, oh, little Billy, he can't be telling a lie. We're gonna go up, you know, the attitude, we're gonna mm-hmm. go up and handle this. You know what I mean? Instead of saying, okay, mm-hmm. let's yeah. let me see what happened. But if a child think they can manipulate, uh <laughs> that's the worst. <laughs> That is the worst. <laughs> that is the worst. So if mm-hmm. if it's that, not that is a big big challenge. Yeah. So if it's not like really um a focus at home, listen, you know, like respect your elders, this and that, you know, because you could you could, you know, teach a child right from wrong. They know right from wrong. But if the if the household is kind of that structure mm-hmm. where, you know, I know my mama gonna offend me whether I'm I'm right or wrong, and I know, you know, Miss Mr. John can't say nothing to me, you know, because my dad gonna have something to say, you know, that manipulation, if it's not, you know, chat like that, you know, like before it even mm-hmm. start, you know what I mean? That that's how it will go. So you have no chance with if I'm a teacher and Something that happened in the classroom, and you we got to meet, and you believe in little Billy before you even hear the story. That's that you know that defeats the purpose because then I'm, I'm the child and I want to play on that, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. no, I it ain't nothing like when so, I was growing up. Mm-hmm. So with with that being said, uh, Re, what do you think we as today's, the parents of today, what do you think it needs to be done for us to bring that semblance of a village mentality when it comes to raising children? Because, of course, the respect factor needs to be taught to kids and understanding that, um, of course, when I was young, when an adult when adult speaks, you listen, you don't talk back. Um, what do you think we can do now to kind of get back to that? Because of course we, we make sure that um, our children understand that they can be vocal and they can be heard and this and that and um, not silence, but we also want to make sure that they're not being disrespectful when they're being disciplined or when they're being corrected. Um, what is it some things you think we can do as adults of today to kind of bring that back in um, with raising children. Because I know one thing, the biggest thing nowadays, you have babies that are raising babies, which is that's tough. If you have someone who's not fully fully an adult and they're raising a baby, it's kind of a child raising a child and trying to figure it out. Alan, you know, that's a mouthful. (laughs) Because it's like (laughs) that. That is a mouthful because I, I, to be honest, I really don't know. Mm-hmm. I really, I really don't know. Yeah, I, I feel, I, I feel like that's a lot of us when, when we look at trying to bring, bring the village aspect back into the black community, just because of how times have changed. 
Um, and like I said, you do have a lot of younger people that are raising children. Um, and unfortunately, if you're a baby raising a baby, you probably haven't fully grasped or matured in your aspect anyway to actually properly rear that child in the direction that they should go. Um, and then it doesn't help because nine times out of 10, if you're young and you have a baby that's young, your, your parents are probably young and still trying to figure it out. So you have like babies raising babies, raising babies. And when you don't have a clear person as the head, things kind right. of get lost in the shuffle when it comes to raising right. the children um, and building a village. And then the, the funny, I think the funnier aspect is when you look at raising a village, I think it depends on the maturity of the adults too. Because it's, yep. it's hard to discipline or, or raise children to be disciplined when you have adults who aren't really disciplined or who are, who are not even willing to want to take on the responsibility of being an adult uh, when it comes to raising children. So I, I, I agree with you. Um, I definitely believe the raising your children in a village has definitely looks like it's the thing of the past. Um, just because of how the generations are. But I do believe that it can happen. I think we can definitely get back to raising our children um, as a village. I just think for me personally, it comes down to the proper steps and ways we teach our children when it comes to respecting authority, um, right. when it comes to respecting your elders. Um, right. And that might be the biggest issue, the respect, el- yeah. respect factor when it comes to elders. Um, in the community, not a lot of children. When an older person speaks nowadays, a lot of kids are quicker to f- buck at what they say than be yeah. like, "Oh, okay." They simmer down and let that adult talk. Right, right. So I think yeah. that I mm-hmm. think that contributes a lot, a lot to that as an issue too. Oh no, go right. ahead, Mishri. No, no, yeah, yeah, absolutely right. I agree. It has to, it has to start with that respect of authority and elders, for one. Yep. Mhm, 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 mhm. Now, now, since we're talking about respect for authority, let's let's actually dive into crime and culture. Since we're talking about respect for authority, and then we're talking about raising your children in a village, so. When we look at the crime and culture, you you know for a fact one of the biggest misconceptions um, that they tend to have been bringing up the past couple of years is the Black-on-Black crime and that Black neighborhoods have higher crime rate and they kind of overshadow the things that lead to that. Um, now, of course, you know, back in the 90s and the 80s when rap culture started hitting the streets, a lot of people was trying to contribute rap culture to the crime that's going on in Black culture and all this kind of stuff and vice versa. Um, when it comes to crime in the black community, what what is it that you think is missing that can help us kind of alleviate not having that as considered a big problem in our community? Um, do we need to have programs that can kind of gear people away from the crime that happens in their neighborhoods? Because um, I do understand with our culture, you have a lot of people that are living in poverty situations. Um, and everyone knows sometimes when your situation or living conditions isn't um, that good, you're more prone to probably take avenues that are illegal to make ends meet. And then when you mix in our culture, when you mix in, a pro- for example, rap culture, talk, um, mm-hmm. either talking about selling drugs or getting stuff like that, and you incorporate that with the crime, 
do you think our culture dynamic, especially when it comes to music, adds to the crime issues we have in our community? Or do you just think it's something that's naturally we're dealing with with our with our community when it comes to crime? I won't bring it. I won't say it's all like the the hip hop stuff. I'll say it's it's mm-hmm. like the having programs and finances. You know what I mean? Have like those programs mm-hmm. where you could mm-hmm. learn a skill. You know what I mean? Or or um or you know more jobs. You know people who had a resource of finance. First of all, you won't be doing a whole lot of things to get it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You could you could focus mm-hmm. more better when you have money, when you're not worrying about bills or money in your pocket and stuff like that. But the system is designed like that. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I was I was just watching this show. It's called um prison states on um okay. frontline, right? And okay. mm-hmm. it's this town uh in um Kentucky. Where it's like a project setting, it's called Bleachers Terrace, right? And mm-hmm. it's like everybody. I mean, it's. I mean, it's something you gotta see. It's about an hour, and it's okay. like everybody okay. in this project is geared to go to jail. Oh wow! And they, you know, they 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 did a study for a year. You know, following these. Uh, a teenager and this older guy and stuff like that. So that it's like uh, the we're walking around here like you know we we may have the worst day tomorrow, today, yesterday, but it's people mm-hmm. living. I mean, when they focus on stuff like that, a project where where everybody is saying, "Well, my uncle went to jail, my my cousin went to jail." You know, what I mean, I got my dad, my uncle, and my auntie. You know. And it's like is they're yeah. they're bound to go to jail, and gotcha. when you get out, the older guy he had been back and forth, and when you get out, mm-hmm. it's no resource. They put you on the street, which you know I didn't know that. I mean, you in jail? Mm-hmm. I thought at least that you you your property of the state they give you a couple of dollars, you know. And if you mm-hmm. had mental health, so mm-hmm. this guy had mental health, they put him on the street. Right, got a lot little wow. uh mm-hmm. one of them homes where they um a halfway house. Only thing he had on okay. his back, only thing he had was the clothes on his back, no money, 30 days uh prescribed medication, and there you go. I have not what else you what do you think this man oh, gonna God. do? His mindset was. His mindset was, well, before he left, I'm not coming back here. Blase, blase, blase. It looked all well and good Mm -hmm. when he went to the halfway house. You know, like the halfway house was going to help him with some type of resources. They didn't. And what you think happened? Sure enough, he's back in the place because he had Mm -hmm. no money, just clothes on his back. Um, he stopped taking his medication, you know, no supervision for the medication or to get it, you know, it just no resources. So what do you think somebody oh. going to do? 
Wow, that's why you're going to revert back to what had happened to you in the first place. So, so with that, with that being said, Miss Reese, so if we're if we if we know for a fact it's not the culture that's really affecting crime, what can we do then in the culture to be able to alleviate this? Because, like you said, with programs. So, do you think we in the black community probably need to be bigger advocates? of trying to come up with programs in the community, in the community for people who get released out of prison, um, who get released out of jail. Um, Cause you, you know, for the fact the state is only going to do oh, oh so much um, in our community. So is it right. more that we need to be bigger advocates for when people come out of jail and trying to help them get jobs and help them become uh, better members of society? Of Yes, yes. I mean, like, to be honest and frank, until we start looking after ourselves, we will be we will be better, better. And it has it has nothing to do like with um, you're saying so much of black and white, that kind of thing. But we, we have to look at it. Come on. Come on now. We got to start taking care of ourselves. Nobody is going to, nobody is taking care of us, really. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We, we see our kids, you know what I'm saying? And all types of stuff, you know. And then you got older people, you know, coming up because you had stuff back then. You just bring in more. You, you're older now with stuff. So I'm like, and and it's like we need the help. We need to start, like you said, the pro, some type of programs that address certain issues and we don't have all of that. Mm-hmm. A few here, a few there and, and you're probably half yeah, you're taking care of half of something, not everything. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, like you said, the state is only going to give you so much because why? It's designed to do that. Mm-hmm. 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 True. Very true. Very true. And and when and when we look at that, Miss Reed, so because I think I think the biggest thing that I've always paid attention to when it comes to like crime in our communities and the culture is you hear about athletes and celebrities who some of them, when they make it big, they try and come back into their community and they try to invest um, into their community because mm-hmm. a lot of them understand the struggle. A lot of them understood what it was like to be those kids ages or those adult ages and going through that stuff and saw their families that went through that. Do, do you think we need a bigger presence from those who made it up out of the community to come and help. Cause it's easy. Cause I know one of the biggest challenges is when you're in a community that's struggling, it's hard to get people in that community to galvanize, to put stuff together because they're struggling. Right. So if I'm struggling to put right. food on the table and I'm struggling to make me, the odds of me being willing to step out to help you build this program or build this center that help rehabilitate those who went to jail. I may not be as likely to do it because I'm looking at my pockets, but you have people who dealt with that made it out and they're like productive members of society. They're doing their thing. Do you think, is it their obligation to come back and help? Or do you just feel like you got it out? So I understand why you're not going to help us. We just got to figure it out. Because sometimes I feel like if you do have people who came out of it, 
and they at least put some help into it, it can help alleviate a lot of pressure that some of these communities have. I I agree. I agree with you. I totally agree 100%. But you know, Alan, um if it's not if it's not here, you know what I mean? If it's not here in your heart, you're not going to do it. You know what I mean? You could look at a situation blah 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 blah, but if you're not if it's not in your heart, you're not going to do it. I don't care how much money you get. You know what I mean? I mean, I and I'll tell you um I look at when you say somebody that came out of uh, the neighborhood. I look at um, I he's a ooh, he's a athlete, um, football player of Atlanta Falcons. He gives out houses every year. Oh, Warren, wow. somebody. War done. War done. Okay, mm-hmm. him, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But. Okay, him. Okay, like little things like that. They don't know how much that will help. And mm-hmm. and my favorite guy that I know of right now is Shaq. Oh yeah. My favorite guy is Shaq. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because it's like he's so humbling and he says this. He came from this. Mm-hmm. And it's like he don't separate himself. He go to regular store, regular Walmart. He go in there. He's I've seen where he's seen a kid, you know, over there by the bikes. And, oh, you want this? You know, stuff like that. Random stuff. I, look, I ain't, I ain't got too much of nothing. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But mm-hmm. I will go in the store if somebody say, you know, if I'm standing there behind the next person and they like, oh, you know, looking like they don't even have enough. Right, mm-hmm. you know, you see him counting. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And they mm-hmm. said, "Oh, well, it was such a such a." I, I'm that person that'll say, "Here, put it on my bill," or "Here, here's a dollar." Like, like the look the other day, the guy needed an onion, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he looking at the onions. I get the pack that had five, right? Mm-hmm. So he mm-hmm. said something. Well, oh well, you know, if you get the onions, now we buy the the food thing. He said, oh, if you get the onions, you know, I I'll buy one from you. So I act like I didn't hear him, right? Uh-huh. So I knew what I was going to do, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it worked out. We went to the counter at the same time, and we I was right behind him, and he okay. had he had a pack of two onions, right? So he said he looked at me again, and he was like, well, do you um. He said, well, do you need an onion? How about you take one of these? And I was like, no. I said, how about if you put that back, I'll just give you an onion, right? He said, no, no, no. So I'm like, yeah. I said, um, I said, here. So I, oh, he said, for real? I said, don't even put that on your, you know, just put that back. I'll mm-hmm. give it to you. Because obviously you didn't want to buy it Unless you know you didn't want to buy it, maybe you was too, maybe it was a little short. I don't know, but mm-hmm. the fact of the matter, you know, I have five. I wasn't yeah. gonna eat all five. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Use them all. And here, mm-hmm. here, sir. Exactly. You know what I mean? If we have more kindness like that, you know what I mean? Just, just do what you can. True. Every little bit helps. Very true. Very so yeah, true. if 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 folks would just like look in your community, if you even if you had an advocate that was mm-hmm. trying to build something, say, hey, I'm going to do this halfway house. Oh well, 
they don't have to be part of it, but what you need? What kind of financing do you need? How does it go? You understand what I'm saying? Just just something. Help help your folks out. Gotcha. Gotcha. No, I really I really like that, Ms. Ree. And you're right. You're right. You got to be an advocate for your community. Um, now I'm gonna hold us right there. It is 8:30, so we're gonna go to our commercial break. Um, and then we'll come back for the conclusion of She Said What with the lovely Miss Ree. See you in a bit. All right. You are tuned into the He Said What Network with your boy RG. I'm your guy, Alan M. Newman Jr. Well, Mike, with your girl, Becky. With your girl, Simply Bree. Keep it locked and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, the He Said What Network, where we are bridging the gap between Black and Latinx men and women. Check us out. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Welcome back to She Said What. We just finished talking about advocating uh, for the crime and culture in the Black community and what we can do to better it. Um, and I'm here with the lovely Miss Ree, who is my guest of the hour. Thank you, Miss Ree, for being a part of She Said What. I definitely enjoy the conversation and your wisdom. While we're talking about advocating for our community, we're going to jump off into a very, very big topic that I don't think is really talked as much but it's protecting our black men and women and children uh, in the community. Um, now, I always know the biggest thing we do talk about is protecting children and our women. Um, I don't feel like we talk as much as about protecting black men, but out of your opinion, Miss Reed, from what you see goes on um, day to day and throughout the community, um, how well do you feel like we protect our people as a whole in the black community um, and not, not just men, women, or children, but just us in general, how good um, do you think we are at protecting each other in the community? Uh, we're, 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 we're like, uh, well, you know, I'm old school, so I'm like, yes, we're, we're, fall, we're, we're falling to the wayside. We, mm -hmm. we, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like people don't care these days. You know, and you got all this social media and carrying on that plays a part too. You know, um, just the other day, one of my coworkers, you know, she's worrying about her her son. You know, uh, want to commit suicide. He's fourteen. These kids oh, wow. these days, cause of bullying and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Come on, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just like there is, it's just a lot of stuff where mm -hmm. like. Um, like I said, old school. And this is like a whole another look for me. You know, mm -hmm. being <laughs> being sixty, that's a whole nother look. Another look. So yeah, yeah, a whole nother day. You know, but and then you know, I see like when my mom and them, you saying, "Oh, you just old." 
You know what I mean? No. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, no. So I understand. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> no. So we, we got to do better. We got to do better. What, and it's very hearing you talk about your coworker with her, her son. What do you think it is? Because like I said, with social media and technology, that adds a whole different dynamic. Because when you think about it, back in the day before the internet became so prevalent, you could kind of protect your children from yeah. certain things that they don't have to hear about because they didn't yeah. have access to that. Nowadays, yeah. it's different because you're literally a phone, a telephone away Um from hearing bad news or being bullied or something like that. Um, we have someone said, as a whole, we aren't good at it at all. It's our four no more. That is very true. Very true. Um, yeah. We in that community, we definitely stick um, with our four. I remember growing up, my dad used to say that was his biggest habit. He had always been like, it's his four no more. And then as he got older, he was like, you got to start looking past your four um, and to yeah. your surrounding areas. So yeah. when we look at that mindset, of we just focus on our little bubble and not those outside of it. What do you think we need to do, Miss Reed, to make it better when it comes to protecting each other? Because like like the comment said, we usually focus on just our four and nobody else, not thinking about the outside people or how that may affect that, affect our circle or how our circle may affect the outside people. So when it comes to protecting our men, women, and children, especially with social media, what are some things that you think we can do if we can do something to better? Because like you said, with social media, that adds a different dynamic with the way society right. is. Right. And, and there you go again. It's, it's like if you don't get that village mentality back, it, mm-hmm. it's just a waste. It's just a waste because you can be that person with your four and one is step outside the box but then you got to think of that resistance of the other four that you're trying you know you're trying to look at you know what i'm saying how they're gonna um accept you or approach you and not thinking that you're trying to step on their toes because you you got an opinion about something or you just trying to correct something or something that you see that you can help out with you know what i mean so I'm I'm like and un, until we can get back to the village, you know what I mean? It's it's it's, it's very dim. <laughs> it's and, very and I, dim. And I believe that because one one thing I've noticed, especially we as black people, we get offended easily. We get offended when people are correcting us. We get offended if we think people are telling us what to do. We just feel like for some reason you shouldn't have to tell me what I can and cannot do because I'm my own person. I'm growing and I'm this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which can definitely be problematic. And um, and it's and it's not like you're telling anybody nothing to do. You just taking that because you don't because you feel offended because of somebody just, you know, having an opinion. It's like everybody has to be right. You know, I'm a I'm a grown ass man. I'm a grown ass <laughs> woman. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, already. Like, okay, we're all grown, but you know, we can't be corrected at somebody. That constructive cr- criticism. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, 
Please, please do not. You got you got to step on like you step on cotton. You know what I mean? Like, ooh. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You, I mean, like sometimes it could be your best pal or something. You like, oh, I may not even want to say that because you may not know that attitude because you know how she get. You know what I'm saying? And and like you know me for years. You know how I am, but mm-hmm. I could I could say whatever I want to say to anybody else, mm-hmm. but when it comes to you, I gotta yes, be stepping yeah. on glass and tiptoeing around but you know I'm straightforward so if mm-hmm. I be my straightforward self which you know who I am then mm-hmm. I'm I, I've offended you mm-hmm. but if I'm talking to somebody else it's okay you don't see that in offense or whatever you don't see so sensitive about that you don't feel so sensitive about that person right mm-hmm. oh well mm-hmm. that's how she is or that's how he is but if it comes the truth comes back around to you and you know how I am mm-hmm. then, it's, then it's a difference so it's like what can you say to people so True. I just you know what can you say to people you what really- can you say literally that that is probably the biggest battle is what can you what can you say and what can you not say to people that would cause cause issues or discomfort um which sometimes you need you need discomfort sometimes you yeah need, you need to be put out of your comfort zone to make you look at stuff differently especially when it comes to protecting the people in our community um right I, I think one thing that definitely strains us is because we're we're focused on who's in our circle. We tend not to pay attention to the ones who are outside that are being affected negatively by what's going on. Um, Cause nine times out of 10, we don't realize I may be so focused on protecting me and mine that I don't realize when mine go outside of my bubble, who's protecting them. Is somebody watching over them? Is someone making sure they're good? And that, the funny thing is, this all goes back, like you said, to the whole village mentality. Because now I remember I saw um I saw a video where a young man had said he's not obligated to protect another black person. If that I think he said if it's not his mother, not his sister, not his wife, he was like, I don't have nothing to do with that. Whatever they're dealing with outside, that's on them. And it got me thinking, it it kind of gives off like we're selfish in a way when it comes to people on the outside. Because if it's not mine, I don't want the responsibility to handle it yourself. Until you're affected, until it's your family member that's affected, then it comes out, oh, why wasn't nobody there to defend them? Why wasn't nobody there trying to protect them? Why didn't nobody advocate for hey. them? And you're literally like, well, you know, when you had this conversation, you said yourself, like, I'm not responsible for nobody else if they're not attached to me. Um, And I always try and go about that with an open mind. Um, Lately, I've developed a habit, um, especially like if I'm going to the store and it's late. And if I do see um, either a um, single black mom or some black women by themselves and they're walking in the parking lot, I've started becoming more accustomed to before I, not pulling off as soon as I get in my car. I sit there and right. wait because nowadays you don't know. You don't know what may happen. Um, and you don't know what may happen to those individuals. 
Because sometimes I've noticed we we are oblivious to our surroundings a lot of the times when we're moving around. And you don't know who's watching you. You don't know who's following yeah. you. And I've always said in the back of my mind, I can't imagine being that person where you find out a family member got gunned down or a family member got kidnapped or something like that. And now you're racking your brain wondering, did anybody see who it was? Did anybody see what happened? And the worst feeling has to be not knowing that nobody was there to protect your family member. Um, yeah. They're out and, about. and I know that's kind of extreme because you don't you don't want to wish anybody getting gunned down or being kidnapped. But when you look at how society is, um, especially in a lot of problematic cities where you're having this stuff happen. And it's yeah. now it's become like a regular occurrence. Like, yeah, now it's normal in the black community. Oh, such and such. Yeah, you heard three people got killed yesterday. And you're just like, oh, really? Wow, that's that's crazy. And then you're you're going on to the next thing. Um, it's not something that's a shocker in our community. Um, right. Like I think it should be. It's more just like business is normal. Oh, there's an amber alert. Oh, I'm getting tired of these amber alerts. Let me turn my phone off. Nobody cares about yeah. me. Like, yeah, got to a point where I think we're numb to the yeah. fact of the violence and the injustices that happens to us in the community. It's gotten to the point where just like it's business as usual when it shouldn't be that way. Exactly. Um, and I wish there's a way that you could. I wish you could just shake people and be like, just get it through your head. This is how this is how we need to be moving. But ironically, like you said earlier, when you are not building a village that covers each other and protects each other, when you don't have that village mentality, when you're going out in today's society, you're never going to consider how someone else is feeling or how someone else is being handled unless it becomes a major newsworthy story where now yep. everybody's like, oh, my God, I can't believe this happened to this person. Right. Yeah, this this happens on the regular, but because you're not really concerned about it, you don't see it until it makes major news and causes right. a real trouble in what's going right. on. Um, and now, even when we're talking about protecting men, women, and children, um, I kind of want to bring it down to our women and our men. Um, yeah, do you feel like in our community? I know we're 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 quicker to advocate. For if a woman, who if a black woman is attacked, yeah. But do you think we carry that same energy when it's a black man? Um, now, from men that I've talked to, I've heard from quite a few black men that they have said, like, you know, no one's really going to listen. That if a black man is being beat on or if he's being attacked, because as a man, you're just supposed to handle it. It's whatever. Um, do you think we don't really advocate for our black men when it comes to protecting them in our community? Or do you <laughs> think it's just, we just don't see it, but we do protect them? Oh, uh, no, Alan. No, we don't advocate for our black men enough. And it comes back to the system. You know what I mean? I mean, it, it, it just, it just, for years, I mean, you've been torn out. Like, say, say is um like a uh, um a sculpture, right? And they mm -hmm. just you just picking away at this thing to you know just pick, pick, pick. They the system has done that so much to we 
are like desensitized to a whole lot of stuff that goes on with us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you said, you will you will sit in your you made it your you know to um made it where you know you said well you'll sit in a parking lot if you see like somebody like a female body self and stuff. Well, like I said, if it's not in your heart, it's if it's not part of your essence as to be conscious about a whole lot of things with a human being. It, it, you know, with a human being, being period, you know, I be at, uh, I could be at an ATM, right. And somebody pull up by me, a female, Mm -hmm. I will wait. I will sit in my car and wait, Mm -hmm. you know, so that we both safe. You know what I mean? So if more people did that, it, it will start being that village, but a lot of people, like you say, they ain't even aware they surrounded. They just go in, get they get their coke and come back out and fill up mm-hmm. their tank and they gone. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Where mm-hmm. you got Billy Bob over there been watching Jane by herself, mm-hmm. waiting mm-hmm. for you to leave, and then he jump on Jane. You know what I mean? Exactly. Or you know what I mean? So it's like, and then you feel like I can understand too that it's a double edged sword because if you jump in, if you if, if something is going on an argument, right, and you want to be the good guy and you want to go and break it up, then you may be the one that get hurt instead of the two that's arguing. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Nobody takes an offense like you could come and say a mediator say, "Hey, hey, y'all need to calm down." Yo, man, what you doing? Bu, 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 bu. You know what I'm saying? So right. it, it just can escalate to something else, and this is why people have that mentality as to, "I'm not even going to get involved with that. Let mm-hmm. let me just leave that alone." You understand what I'm saying? So it's just like we 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 need to help. We need to. If it doesn't start with that, get back to that village mentality and respect for others and stuff like just respect. Mm-hmm. Nobody because somebody is saying correct yourself, correct yourself. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and no, you know, but everybody gets out there, they know what they're doing. I'm a grown ass man. I'm a grown ass woman. Nobody needs to tell me what to do. The testosterone get in the way. You know what I mean? Man to man. So, you know, I got to be that alpha. He ain't going to punk me out. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, come on already. Peace, peace, peace. Facts, facts. And, um, one of our listeners said, we don't advocate until racial injustice is involved. Which is very true. Which, yeah. which is very true. We we really we will harm each other, and then the minute we think something was racially done towards us, then you want to get up in arms, and then you want to sit there and say, "Well, this shouldn't have been done. This shouldn't have been done. Why do they do this?" And I, one thing I've learned, and it sucks, people are going to handle you the way you handle yourself. And exactly. For- for us, it's super tough. Like, it's tough because, of course, we do feel like a lot of stuff is overblown about us in our communities that people on the outside look in. So it's tough because as soon as a racial injustice happens, we already know the first thing people are going to say, well, in your neighborhood, this happens anyway. and Y'all don't say anything. So why are you sitting here getting in your feelings because this happened? And that's right. always been people's rebuttal towards our community. Um, right. it, it really sucks because like you said, when the community is divided and not whole as a unit, 
it's really hard um, to get the necessary help or assistance or benefit of the doubt when something yeah. happens. Um, and even yeah. our, our, our communists said we automatically believe that the black man is the aggressor. Very, very, very Automatic. True. Very true. Something can happen yeah. right now and you hear that a black man was involved and the first thing people are going to say, well, we got to see what he did because he had to have done something to make whatever yeah. happen. Yeah. Um, and we don't, I feel personally, we don't allow black men that safe space to be themselves without fear of repercussions. And when I say, what do you mean? Yeah. Be yourself? I'm 6'4", 280, um, and I know for a fact when I go in and out of my community, my workplace, when I go in and out of other communities, I have to somehow kind of dummy down how I am so that I don't seem or be perceived as being aggressive. Um, yeah. And I, I don't think people truly understand how exhausting that is, where you have to sit there and be on your toes consistently because one wrong thing you do can be perceived as a threat or can be yeah. perceived as being yeah. um, Even yeah. here in my, in my apartment, um, if I come out and I know that there's a young uh, white lady coming out of her apartment, and this is sad, I actually wait for her to leave. <laughs> before I leave out of my apartment to go to my car to leave. Because I just don't know what you're thinking when I'm coming out the door, especially yeah. later, especially later yeah. um, with yeah. my second job to work at night. So I definitely have to be careful. In my apartment, a lot of people walk their dogs around here. So you have a lot of um, women that are walking their dogs not 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night when I'm getting right. ready to go to work. Right. So in my head, I have to already think of how am I going to maneuver so that I, yeah. I don't be perceived as a threat. Maybe I'm going to walk, and some people like I really, Alan. I tend to. Um, there's two entryways to my apartment. Um, if I feel like there's a young lady at the front of my apartment and she's kind of dillying around, I go the back way to get to my car. I go See, the back and- way to get to my apartment. Just so I don't have to deal with any unnecessary issues where someone may think I looked at her wrong or I said something wrong off as menacing. Right. And see, and see, that's the thing right there. You know, like I said, back to society again, you have it set up that way where, you know, and, and, and like, and it is sad. That you have to adjust yourself and have to think that way from, you know, from the environment where you're at. Because anything can happen. That could be that Karen that then you done nothing. You understand what I'm saying? Because it, it like it's sad that you have to think that way. And like I say, our black men are not protected because, I mean, you can have the simplest argument, right? Okay, you're arguing you don't want to call the police, but you're not going to stop. So is it a chance that I'm just getting my ass whipped, choked out because, you know, I don't want to call the police and then it may escalate to something else. They just come up, Billy Bob ain't asking you nothing and just go ahead and shoot. Now you dead. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. mean, then that'll be on my conscience. You know, maybe, you know what I'm saying? So it's, 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 it's just sad. No, our black men are not protected because they have to like you said, change their selves, have to always think about the environment that they, that's not comfortable. 
Mm-hmm. When every time I step outside, I gotta, I gotta straighten up. I can't really be who I am. When I go in the mm-hmm. office, you know, I got Jane, Bob, and did the do, so I gotta mm-hmm. act right, or I gotta mm-hmm. act super. You know, I have to change my language to a point to I cannot seem like you know. If I use a certain term, oh, they don't know, so I'm dumb. I, you know, like you said, dummying down to them, or you, you, you letting them know I am intelligent because they will make you seem stupid too. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's like a whole you. Our men go out and they have a whole lot of issues they have to go through, put themselves together when they walk on the other side of their door. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very. And no, 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 no. You have so many programs for women and the kids. I love the women and the kids. Give our men some programs. You know what I mean? Because it's a lot of mental stress on them. And it doesn't have to be like, uh, you know, mental health as far as like schizophrenia, bipolar mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It's just a mental stress. Hell, I got to walk. I got to go walk to the garbage, you know, take my garbage out and Karen standing over there and uh, nope, not, I don't want to take the garbage out right now because something mm-hmm. just happened. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's it's like that kind of mental stress. Exactly. Just exactly. that. So and, no. And it's, and it's interesting when you mentioned that we have so many programs for women and children. And when you think about it in our community, we don't have that many outlets for our men. Um, and many times our black men just have to sit at home and they have to eternalize the stuff that they have to deal with. And right. unfortunately, inter- not internalizing everything isn't always good. Like you need that no. where you can kind of tell how you're feeling. Like you need that space to be able to vent because it's funny. We're all we always tell people, well, push uh, pressure pumps. Uh, what is it? Uh, we always tell people pressure bursts pipes or it makes diamonds. I mean, I'm not trying to be I'm not trying to have pressure on me. twenty right. Like. I, I, I want to be able just to have a normal day and not have to be stressed out. I don't want to be stressed out about, I got to take care of this. I got to take care of this. Then I got to take care of myself. And nine times out of 10, let's be honest, you're not going to take care of yourself because you're going to take care of everything else to make sure they're good. Exactly. Um, but when it comes to protecting our men, women, and children, I wholeheartedly agree with you. We have to be able to create better outlets and better spaces for our black men because yes. we, we are taking too many hits um, in the community and as much as everyone else is moving up and advancing our black men it seems to be the ones that are being left behind um, yeah. we're struggling with our own personal demons and are trying to overcome that by ourselves right Right, right. And then, and then, like my husband would say, you know, he told all his guy friends, you know, you gotta have at least one person that you could spill on. One person that you could do, you know, do your uh, tear shedding and all that type of stuff. You know what I'm saying? You gotta have that one person. You ain't never lied. You, the, you know, and guys, because they hold in so much and that testosterone and this and that, you know what I mean? You got to let it out. 
Mm-hmm. Tears, I call it tears. You get one good cry, that's a cleansing of the soul. That's a you fact. Know what I mean? That's, that's a, a cleansing of the soul. But if you know males, you know that testosterone get in the way, that all the alpha stuff and blah 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 blah. But you, <laughs> you just need one person that you could spill on. You had mm-hmm. a bad day, you felt like kicking somebody ass, or or you know, or your lady left you, and you want to, you know, stuff that you just want to blow out and just get it over with. And my man Allen, I know he ain't gonna say nothing. That part. And that's it. I get. I go get that cry out. Now I'm good. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. we need a lot of programs for our men. Very, we very, true. very, very true. Very true. And I definitely appreciate that, um, Miss Reed, because it is true. We definitely need that for our black men. Um, not just our black women and children, but for our black, for our black men. We got to create those safe spaces, um, for our black men to be able to vent without fear of repercussion. And to be able to um, be be their genuine self, as much as we want yeah. our black women and children to be their genuine self, we also want our black men to be their genuine self, yeah, without fear of repercussions. And so. that's and see, that's the whole the whole separation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we got the single moms. You know, you could take care of family, this and that, and the other. But I don't care. We need that man. Okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we need that man. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And when you say need, it's always thrown, it's always took it to the extreme. You understand <laughs> what I'm saying? It's always to the, I don't need no man. Come on. No, no, no. I'm sorry. If the most high wanted you by yourself, he would have put Adam in a, a garden with his, by himself and he would have put Eve in a garden by his awesome. by herself. <laughs> Exactly. You understand what I'm saying? I'm like, come on, we gotta start being that unit. Mm-hmm. We gotta start being mm-hmm. that unit for our community. We gotta start being that unit. I mean, a male could a female, yeah, you could single mom is tough and you you doing it and all that, all that, all. But we need that male figure somewhere of um the uncle, the the you know what I'm saying, it, it your dad, male figure somewhere. To you know, you I I mean you don't even have to say that you know women say I don't need no man, blah 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 blah. I could take care of myself. Okay, but it's nothing nice like mm-hmm. having a male that you could talk to. Because mm-hmm. your true. dad gonna sure get tired of talking to your female friends. <laughs> That's true. That's because they surely can't give you no male perspective for sure, for one. Mm-hmm. So That's you true. can't you you don't have to be with somebody in a relationship with somebody, but that going, yeah, having a male where you could you could express yourself and see the male point of view, you know what I'm saying? Or having a male that'll help your, you know, um give your male child um a perspective of what men do. You know what I'm saying? Just just stop. Male our male, our black males are needed and society has set it up to they are separated. You know what I mean? And this is this is what we got on the end. Mm-hmm. You are correct. this is what we got on the end. Mm-hmm. 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 You are absolutely correct. Um and before we wrap it up um our our one of these says our black men deserve to be protected. And to have a safe place. Um, yes. 
<laughs> and that's true. You get tired of talking to your female friends. Yes, it, it always helps to have someone um, of the opposite um, sex in your circle. Then they can kind of give you the male view of things. So it's very needed. Um, and that's actually the real the one of the purposes for the He Said What Network um, to create these conversations and allow people to see that not just our children and our women need to be heard and be protected, but our, just our black men as well. Um, we, we deserve that that option and that space as well. Um, before we wrap up, Ms. Ree, I definitely appreciate you being on here with us um, on he, uh, She Said What, of course, on the He Said What Network on YouTube. Glad um, to be here. Oh, it was a pleasure. We definitely want to have you come back again. Uh, for those who are listening for the first time tonight, make sure you hit that subscribe button, like and share um, with your friends and family so you can review it. Um, for those who are listening to the replay, you were just listening to the lovely Miss Ree um, as we were talking about protecting not only our women and our children, but also our black men in our community. Um, before we wrap up, Miss Ree, um, can you let the viewers know how they can follow you? I know you're not big on the social media, but I do know, <laughs> I do know you have a Facebook and an Instagram page. Um, if you don't mind, can you just let, let our viewers know how to follow you? <laughs> Well, my Facebook page is Riri with the purple butterfly, and my um, Instagram is Rejam19. And I'm really not on there. I don't say too much, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> those are the links for me. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you, Ms. Ree. Um, Of course, for those who are listening for the first time or listening to the replay, you tuned into the She Said What Network. My name is Alan M. Newman Jr. Um, I am the host every Wednesday um, at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We will have our final episode before we take our break in April um, next Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for She Said What. But for those who are new um, to the program, you can also follow us on um, the He Said What Network on YouTube and listen to some other shows I'm going to let you know about. On Thursdays, we have um, That B and Simply Bree um, at 8.30 uh, p.m. Eastern Standard Time every Thursday. On Sunday, we have P's Intuition, which is at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can definitely join on and be with her. She actually is a um, reader. Um, she does not miss the beat. Call in, um, ask the question, see what she has for you. You will not be disappointed. On Mondays, we have um, the RG and um, RG and Mike on Simply Sports. I'm sorry. <laughs> Every Monday, you never want to miss it. They don't just talk about sports, even though that is the basis of it. But for those who've tuned into it, it's always entertaining. It's always enlightening. Make sure you check them out. Um, then, of course, on Tuesdays, um, we have our He Said What, which is the um, – sister side of she said that she said what um and that's on he said what every tuesday at 8 p.m eastern standard time then like i said on wednesdays you have yours truly here for she said what once again i want to thank everybody for tuning in like i said please do not forget to hit that subscription button on youtube like and share the video on facebook on instagram on tiktok twitter wherever you use a platform share it so that you can get the word about word out about the he said what network um, with that being said, enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. Be safe and enjoy your weekend this coming week. Looking forward to talking to you guys on next Thursday for She Said What. Peace.